right, UFC middleweight Eric Anders. What's going on, Eric? Uh, now you have a fight going on, you know, on May 16th in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, how does it feel to actually have something like something real, not something like hypothetical? Um, man, you know, uh, this, you know, we were supposed to fight in April, then the fight got canceled, then it moved to Vegas, then that got canceled. So, you know, I was training and getting ready, uh, up until like, you know, the fights got canceled in early in the middle of March. And then, uh, what do you call it? Uh, then the fight got canceled. So I took like a day or two off. And then my manager, Jason House was like, man, you know, y'all probably gonna be the first up. So. You know, I never really stopped training, you know. Uh, been getting ready for this fight, um, you know, since February. So, you know, finally excited to, you know, actually have it happen and, and you know, get in there and throw down. Yeah, February, is has this been the longest camp for an opponent ever for you? Probably, probably, yeah. Um, you know, Every, you know, me, me and Jocko have re-signed the contract like three or four times. So, you know, every time I signed it, he signed it. So it's always been Jocko. Like, my opponent has never changed. And I don't think it's really ever had any, like, chance of changing, you know. So he, he's a game opponent. You know, he's kind of going through the same thing I'm going through. I think Florida's a little more liberal with their, you know, with, with their quarantine laws and whatnot. So he probably not you know, training by night and, you know, under the cover of night and whatnot and sneaking around like a ninja like I am. But, you know, I'm still getting the same work, still, still, you know, uh, ready, confident, and uh, like I said, ready to go out there and do the damn thing. For the training, you say by night, are you going around and, and gym hopping every other day or what, what, what is exactly going on with the, with the training? Nah, it's, man, there's really a lot going on here. We're, you know, opening a, a new a new location, a bigger location. So we're moving gyms, moving mats, um, and you know, we're under quarantine, so you're not supposed to be more than ten people, you know, deep unless you're doing like construction or whatnot. So, you know, just to keep the to keep the buzz off of us, to keep the cops off of us, you know, our training times change. You know, we're training at twelve noon one day, then six o'clock in the evening another day, and uh, you know, just. To, you know, we had somebody call, call the cops on us, you know, come in, peek their head in the door, and, you know, call the cops, cops told us we had to leave. Uh, but, you know, we finished our training session, and then we left, and then we just started changing up the time. So outside of that, you know, it's been pretty much business as usual. Wow. It, it, it always surprises me that somebody will call the cops for that. Like, they just don't want to, you know, mind their business, basically. Yeah, man, I live in Alabama, man. Everybody's always got their nose in somebody else's business <laughs> around here. So, you know, uh, this, this is my thing. You can go grocery shopping. You can go to Walmart, Publix, Lowe's, Home Depot. They tell you wear a mask and gloves and stuff, but people are still, you know, playing on their phone, talking on their phone, you know, touching stuff, touching their face. So I'm just like, man, what? You know, are we really preventing this thing? You know, it exactly. doesn't seem like it. Yeah, you know, so. Um, and to be honest, man, me and my family have probably already had coronavirus, so we're not even we're not even worried about it, catching it. You know, people always ask me, or have been asking me, like, are you nervous to go, you know, get on a plane, blah, 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 blah. No, because like I said, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've already had it. So I'm immune, so I'm good to go. Yeah, yeah, I saw in another interview that you said you felt like you already had it. How do you know? Are you, do you feel like you're asymptomatic, like you, you have it, but you don't have the symptoms? Or or did you feel sick before? No, nah, in, in like 
November, December time frame. I got sick. I got like the flu, and then I got sick right after that. Worse than than the flu I had, and I nobody knew said anything about coronavirus at this time. And then in January, uh, my kid's wrestling coach got it, but didn't know that he had it. His wife is a is a nurse, so she's always in the hospital dealing with it. This is before like the big, you know, this is like early January. And so I remember my son being stretched out in the bed and he slept for like 24 hours. And man, this kid never sleeps, you know, more than like eight hours at a time. So now he was pretty sick. And then, you know, fast forward to like, you know, two or three weeks ago, I was hanging out with the wrestling coach and he was like, yeah, I had it for sure. My wife had it. She got tested and tested positive for it, blah, 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 blah. So, man, it's already made its run through our house. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, what can you do? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. people are surviving. You know, there's people dying, but, of course, there's people dying of other things, other sicknesses, just like the coronavirus. You know, sure. it's hard to say what's the right way, what what is proper, what is the protocol for you to be safe. It's hard to say for anybody. But yeah. you said you might have had it. What if you go to the show, they test you, and you test positive. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for, like, this could happen? I mean, I guess. I think more so than anything, I'll probably test for the antibodies. Mm -hmm. You know, then they'll know for sure if I had it or not. But, I mean, listen, man, it's, it's one of those things that's outside my control, you know. If, if, if I get there and they say, hey, you got coronavirus, you can't fight, then I can't fight. And, you know, I guess I'll owe uh, Jocko uh, a, uh, an apology or whatever. But, you know, at the same time, he's doing the same thing I'm doing. Mm. I just got it. And he didn't. So, or vice versa or whatever. I, I don't even think I'd be, you know, too upset. Obviously, there's a lot of money on the line, but. Man, what can you do? If they say the guy can't fight or I can't fight, then, you know, that's what it's going to be. Or you could have a situation where you guys both have the antibodies and it's like, okay, do you decide to fight or not? Because you guys going to be fighting each other, so well, I it's think all if good. you have the antibodies, you've already had it and you're not going to get mm -hmm. it again. So I don't think you're contagious at that point. Mm -hmm. I think only a positive test is what's going to keep you from fighting. So, And I bet you if one fighter tests positive, it's, it's going to put the whole card in jeopardy because now we've all you know, been in the same place kind of thing. So, man, I don't know, man. I'm just going to try and make 180. I'm going to make 185 pounds by Friday. And if anything happens in the in the, in, in, in the meantime, in between time, then, you know, it is what it is. I just hope I don't make weight. And then they say, hey, Corona, yeah. you can't fight, you know, because it, it, it takes a lot for me to get to get to 185. So, you know, if I get there, I want to go ahead and fight and, Definitely. Well, this is the re this is the realities of fighting now. Moving forward, is this could always be a possibility, and and it's where it sucks because other sports is like they're not making weight; they're just going out there and play the game. You know, they're playing the game. Yeah. This is fighting, yeah. totally different. Yeah, 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 yeah. It takes a lot of preparation, man. You can go out there and and play basketball without training. Maybe you don't play as many minutes. Maybe your free throw percentage goes down or whatever. But in this sport. Man, a lot of bad things can happen to you. A lot of bad things. So, man, I've really been on top of my cardio, my diet, and, uh, you know, getting as many training sessions in a day as I possibly can. Another thing is uh, 
the cage, you know, there's two cages that the UFC uses. There's the the ones that they use for the pay-per-views that are kind of bigger, and then the fight night cage is a little bit smaller. Could you go break down the differences of fighting in the cage, the smaller cage? Because you'll be fighting in that cage, you know, coming up next week. Uh, well, man, you know, I think the smaller cages entices the fight a lot more. I think you see a lot more footwork and uh, moving around in the in the bigger cage because just because there's a lot more room. In those smaller cages, uh, man, you know, there's not a whole lot of room to go anywhere. So it's e it's easier to cut somebody off. It's easier to push somebody up against a cage, um, which I would imagine is probably going to be Jocko's uh, strategy to, to utilize his wrestling and try and put me on my back. Um, but, you know, the, the smaller cages also entices the, the fists and, the, you know, the striking a lot more, too, because now that you're a lot closer, there's nowhere to go, nowhere to run kind of thing so i think it makes it much as all the fights are going to be more interesting in a smaller cage just because you're on top of each other and there's nowhere to go so you're always like within arm's reach of each other in there so you know, do you prefer cage. the smaller cage um yeah especially fighting a smaller faster guy like jocko you know there's not not as much room for him to you know, cut angles and move around and stuff so i think it'll be easier to to cut him off and it's going to make him come to me to wrestle uh, versus, you know, me, like, when I fought Machida, I had to, like, go get him, go chase him, you know, go after him. There's not going to be a whole lot of room to move around in there. Your training, we talked about that, but who have been the main guys you've been working with, you know, with sneaking around like a ninja? Yeah, you know, well, Walt's the main event. Mm -hmm. uh, Walt Harris, so, you know, he's always a great training partner. And he's a lefty. Jocko's a lefty. The lefties are hard to come by, especially guys – now, I, I, I would venture to say that Walt has the fastest hands probably from middleweight up. You know, he man, he's just – it's unreal his hand speed for a guy that big. Um, so, I'm getting a lot of good looks. Uh, even though he's a bigger guy, man, you can't – it's hard to duplicate speed, you know. Um, so, I, I think I got a lot of good training there. Julian Marquez is out here uh, working. You know, he's a big middleweight uh, wrestler. So, um, and then, you know, we have our, you know, our, uh, our stable of, of local guys here, uh, that haven't made it yet, but are on the way to making it to the big show. And you'll, you'll hear about these guys, uh, here in the near future. It's, it's great to see the, the, the guys coming up in your area. They're, they're willing to come in and help you out. You know what I mean? Because everybody can make an excuse for not training and just be like, Hey, sure. I can't trade because there's the virus going around. Nah, man, knowing everybody's been training and, you know, the all the guys in the gym, man, they work all day moving the gym, gym laying mats, you know, painting, you know, doing construction type stuff. Uh, but still, whenever it's time to train, they're always there and they give, you know, 100% effort. So, man, it's, it's a real tight-knit group of, of people we have here. You know, maybe not like an Extreme Couture, you know, don't have the names of like Extreme Couture or Fortis or you know, uh, big gyms like that. But, man, we got guys that are just as talented, a little bit younger. And, uh, you know, just give them some time and they're going to make it. All right. Well, Jacksonville is not too far from Alabama. Are you going to drive or fly? I'm getting on a plane, man, <laughs> especially cutting weight. And then on the way back, like, you never know how the fight's going to go. Like, you can still win and still have to go to the hospital. Yeah, you know, I think it's like a seven, eight-hour drive, six-hour drive to Jacksonville. Man, I'm not trying to drive six hours if I get, you know, 
my leg chopped out from underneath me. I couldn't imagine driving six hours after that Khalil Roundtree fight. Man, my leg was just obliterated, you know. I lost, yeah, but, you know, I've won some fights and, you know, it's pretty banged up afterwards. So I just want to get home the fastest way possible, stop at a Whataburger on the way and keep it moving. Uh. Who are you taking with you? I don't know the protocol right now. I heard that UFC is going to allow three cornermen each, or is it two cornermen? I don't know. I get three, and the main event gets four. Okay. So I'm, I'm bringing some guys from the gym uh, who have been training. You know, I kind of like to reward those guys. And, you know, uh, you know, for showing up, training, helping me get better, you know, uh, I think it's a reward to, to go on the trip, be, be at the UFC, you know, BK side at the fight. Uh, help me prepare, get ready, cut weight, you know, go through all the all the motions and, you know, go out there and watch your friend fight. You know, I think that that's, you know, if, if I wasn't in the UFC and I had a teammate in the UFC, you know, I think that would be really cool, you know, to, to you know, go hang out, go hang out and around, uh, you know, other fighters, you know, pick their brain, coaches, you know, everybody's there and, you know, everybody has a lot of free time because you can only train so much during during fight week and media obligations and stuff. So um, I just think it's a cool experience for some of our amateurs to to get and, you know, just see, see what it's like. You know, it's a business trip, you know. Um, I just think it's fun for them. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, you're right. I think so, too. It's like if you're if your goal is to be there, why not go experience it? from yeah, you know from yeah, from yeah. the sidelines and then when you get there you know what's up you know what's gonna happen right yeah yeah so man i think it's a cool experience you know obviously my my head coach uh chris conlin uh comes to every fight but then you know i have two other corners so whoever can you know help me out the most are the other guys that i take on the on the trip you know there's one guy david clark you know he does the spinning stuff and the wrestling stuff and the athletic stuff that Jocko does is pretty good at mimicking that stuff. And then I got a bigger guy, uh, Rod Dansby, who's, uh, you know, pretty good on the ground, brown belt in jiu-jitsu. So, you know, I got all my bases covered and, you know, uh, feel really good about this camp. Currently, you're riding a two-fight win streak. Before that, you lost four out of five. That period was very rocky for you. Can you pinpoint, like, where... You you know when you got out of it, what got you out of that that period that that slump? Man, I think I was just feeling myself a little too much. Um, like fighting Machida in your second UFC fight. Some guys who you know maybe come from like a, a wrestling background or a karate background or you know former jujitsu world champion or whatever. I ain't got none of that, you know. Uh, but you know, I just you know I wanted to be in the top fifteen, top ten, top five so bad. I was like, okay, he's number twelve. Let me fight him. I took an L to him, beat Tim Williams, uh, Thiago Santos, uh, six days notice. You know, I think that helped me more than, than anything. So, I don't, you know, that is a loss. Don't get me wrong, but it propelled my career forward. It wasn't it didn't it wasn't like a stumble. You know, everybody enjoyed the way I fought and they liked the fight, and, you know, got a bonus. So that's always good. Um, and then, you know, I think earlier. Like fighting guys like Machida, Theodoro, Roundtree, these things chalk up to um, experience, you know. And, and I think that I've made the most gain in my game uh, from Khalil on uh, than I had, you know, my, the rest of the time I've been in the UFC. So 
uh, even from Mearshart to, to this fight, uh, I think I've made a lot of improvement in a lot of different areas. So uh, it's a good time for me to be fighting right now. So it's, it's more, do you feel like more on the mental side? Because physically, we know you're talented. It's just the mind it has to be there, right, when you're in the cage. Yeah, and it's not like a lack of concentration or anything. It's like more of a, okay, you're comfortable. Uh, you see him doing this. Now you can take advantage or exploit his mistakes or, you know, uh, set things up to make him do what you want to, uh, you know, set up your strikes and stuff a little bit better. So, man, when I first got in the UFC, I think I only had eight pro fights. So I'm, I was still, like, on the job learning, you know. So, um now I'm thinking a little bit more, uh, a little bit more prepared mentally. Do a whole lot more visualization, uh, practice of the actual fight before it happens, and, uh, and I think it's made a world of difference. Yeah, it has. It has. Uh, now a couple more questions about the uh, the middleweight division. Israel Adesanya, he's coming off defending the title against Romero. Do you feel like Paulo Costa should be next for him, or should Israel fight John Jones? I think Israel is going to chase. You know, I think he's more so worried about his legacy than he is money or anything else. So I think Paulo Costa's like the bully on the block. Uh, you hear Adesanya talk about he hates bullies, this, that, and the third. So uh, I think that that's a fight because they were supposed to fight. Then he got hurt and Romero got the shot. So I, I think that, you know, Adesanya feels he owes it to the middleweight division and his legacy to, to beat Paulo Costa. And then... You know, I think once he kind of washes out the, you know, the top five guys or whatever, uh, then he'll go fight John Jones, you know, because at the end of the day, like, I think he's the fastest evolving fighter in the UFC. But, you know, John Jones has been wrestling at a high level for a long time. So I think that that would be the difference in their fight. Uh, I think it would be the first time the Adesanya fought somebody his stature, like his height and length uh, in the UFC, I believe. And, uh actually giving up a, a reach advantage, I think. And uh, somebody who can wrestle, at, you know, at a high level like that. So, um, I think it would be a good fight. I think they eventually do fight. I think that fight has no choice but to happen. Uh, but I think it makes the most sense for Adesanya to fight John Jones while he's still undefeated. So, every time you, you go in there and fight, you're taking a risk, you're taking a chance. Because it only takes one, especially a big dude like Paulo Costa, man. That's what he does knock people out so um i think he ends up fighting both both but paulo costa first another guy that's uh talking a little bit about adesanya is uh woodley he's he wants to come up to the middleweight division you've done you've moved up weight before what do you think how do you think he's gonna uh fare against uh the middleweights because he's a short um, guy he, he he is a smaller guy i don't know what he walks around at you know i, I thought he was even kind of short for the welterweight division um but um, the thing about Woodley is that, man, he's so explosive and covers so much distance um, in a very, very, very short period of time. He's got the ability to touch anybody. Do I think he beats Adesanya? Probably not because, and I say that because, man, Woodley has shown that like he moves backwards the whole time. So all Adesanya is going to do is keep him at the end of his punches and kicks keep Woodley's back against the cage and not even give him a chance to explode or take him down off the cage. So I think Woodley's going to have to revamp his whole game plan and the way he fights to, to fight a guy like Adesanya. You, as a middleweight, 
when a guy like somebody like Woodley, a name like him, a former champ, moves up weight, are you a guy that's like, hey, I welcome that. I welcome to introduce him to the middleweight division, those types of fighters. Yeah, man, you know, it's, it's no secret, man. I love fighting, and I will fight anybody, mm -hmm. literally. So, but I'm not in the position. Like, those guys, those former champs that are switching divisions and moving around, they're not fighting somebody who's not ranked. You know, they're fighting, like, the number one contender. They're fighting for the belt off rip. They're definitely fighting a top five guy. So, if you're not a top five guy and a former champ comes into your division, then you're not going to get that shot anyway. So, you know, I just kind of know my position, know where I'm at. I win a few more fights. I'll be in the top five. And then uh, when things like this happen, I can be the one talking about moving divisions and, and this, that, and the third. And, you know, everything will be on my time. I completely agree, man. Like, I've been following you the past couple of years, and like it seems like now the pieces are coming together, and uh, all you need to do is get on a roll and, and a couple more fights, and then you'll be ranked. Probably by the end of the year, man, it, it's, it looks like it's uh, bright. As long as this virus or pandemic, you know, subsides more and more by the Danny month. I don't think cares about the virus. They said he's fighting, <laughs> fighting, so period. I don't care if the rest of the fights for the year are in Jacksonville or wherever, you know, I, I'd like to fight three times this year for sure. This will be one. So at least two more times, uh, before the end of the year. So, you know, right name, right guy, right time, you know, puts me in a good position.